In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Talia Schlanger, sitting in for Tom Power. Welcome to Q. Adam Beach has one of those faces you immediately recognize when you see it on screen. And it makes sense. He's been in over 60 films and TV shows, everything from Canada's North of 60 to this one. Good morning. This is Randy Pion on K-Rez Radio. That's K-R-E-Z Radio, the voice of the Coeur d'Alene Indian Reservation. And Coeur d'Alene people, our reservation is beautiful this morning. It's a good day to be indigenous. That's Smoke Signals, the cult classic from the 90s. Then there was Clint Eastwood's Flags of Our Fathers. Adam has this massive list of credits from small Canadian films to huge Hollywood movies. And next on his plate is the independent film Exile. Adam plays Ted. So Ted, uh, shortly before being released from prison, gets a threat from the man whose family he accidentally killed in a drunk driving accident. The threat is... If you contact your family, I'll kill them. It's a gripping thriller with an extraordinary performance from Adam, and he joined Tom Power to talk about it. Here's their conversation. How are you? I am good. Yourself? I'm well, I'm well. Nice to have you here on the CBC. Oh, pleasure's mine. As you know, the queue has got an audience, and you guys run it smooth. Uh, thank you so much. It's the highest praise I've ever gotten, man. And congrats on this film. <laughs> Thanks, man. You know, the... The toughest thing is when you do an independent film, it's the budget. You got to do it fast and you don't really have much time. So the first take is most important. Where did you shoot it? Oh, man, we shot in B.C. Powell River, I think. Yeah, Powell River. How's that? Yeah, it was beautiful. I got hurt on the set. And they sent in the doctor, and it was Evan Adams from Smoke Signals. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Tell me, tell me that story. What happened? I bruised my ribs <clears throat> trying to lightly do a stunt, and then I got tackled in the next next scene, and it was a brutal day. And it hurt, so they called the doctor, and Evan Adams lives there. That's where he's from, and it was so funny him taping me up, and we just laughed about our positions now and everything. It's pretty cool. That's a really, that's an amazing story. So let, let's talk a little bit about how we, we, we got here. Um, you know, you and I have had, hadn't had the chance to talk before in this show. I know you grew up in Dog Creek First Nation in, in Manitoba. Tell me a little bit about growing up there. Mm, Dog Creek is <clears throat> your typical reservation, hockey arena, band office, school, kind of, kind of in the middle of it. And uh, for me, it's, it's my family. It's my, 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 my ancestral lineage. It's where I belong. And for me, it's home. And it's everything from tragedy to success. And I hope to, you know, in the future, bring success home. Because I think success is, you know, 
the most important in having it in your homestead, you know? Yeah, you, you, you want to make sure that anything that you've achieved in your life, you sort of bring that back with you. Yeah, basically. Uh, well, what kind of kid were you there growing up? It's, you know, it's really a, a puzzle piece that I'm still trying to figure out through therapy. You know, I take a, I have a personal therapist and uh, I just want to better myself, be the best. Um, so if you look at it, when I was uh, eight years old, my parents passed away. So anything before that is, is, is really lost because I had a lot of stuff to deal with. And, but growing up after my parents passed away, my relatives, my cousins, my grandparents, uncles, aunts provided such a beautiful place on the res because there was this extra empathy, love, making sure that we were taken care of. And um, that's what I um, accept from from kind of growing up there, you know, but the tragedy is also a piece of the puzzle, too. I'm sorry to hear, you know... Um... I only talk about this as much as you're comfortable with. Both both your parents passed. Yeah, yeah. You could talk about anything, dude. It's all good. Um, yeah, my mother was hit by a drunk driver. Um, she was eight months pregnant with uh, uh, our sister. And um, she died in front of our house in the ditch. So uh, the memory when people say, oh, you know, is your mom proud? Or if they don't know about that, uh, what was your mom like? You know, that's, that's the image I get. That's it's it's trauma-based, you know? And um, two months later, my dad drowned. You know, he was uh, on medication, drinking a lot, trying to handle his depression of losing his wife. And uh, and when that was done, we headed to the city to live with our um, our family in the city. So you, you, I'm going I'm to come back to the film in just a second, but you, you, you say that like, hey, so you know, we moved to the city, you moved to Winnipeg, uh, you, moved, you know, and... I know people who have gone through considerable trauma. I mean, Adam, that sounds just just the, the worst thing I could imagine for you, you know, even looking mm-hmm. back on it, you know. But I know that folks of mine who have gone through, you know, similarly unbelievably traumatic experiences have found themselves turning to something or other. Is is film and TV and acting and all that is that a, is that a way out for you? Is that a emotional sort of a way out for you? At the start, it became a an imaginary circumstance that you study in acting that allowed me to kind of breathe my anxiety and, you know, and frustration, anger, emotional stuff about losing the parents. And I found myself the ability to escape and transform into other characters like a pirate or... A alien or whatever yeah. you make up, <laughs> yeah, ninja. Yeah, 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 yeah. First, first it started off with me and my friends just beating each other up, and then um, uh, they moved to a new school, and I just, I just loved it. Uh, the acting thing was an outlet at the start. So you were acting in Winnipeg and like community stuff or film and TV. First, it was high school when I was fourteen, uh, sixteen. I got my first audition. The director said I didn't have experience. He couldn't hire me, but his next film he could. Three years later, he called me in, and I got the job with the experience of the three years of him telling me to do that. So I did and did the you know local theaters and stuff like that. 
How did it feel to know that you were good at it? How did I feel? I, I didn't even think about being good at it. It just gave, gave me a, a sense of joy. It was like a great escape. And it brought uh, uh, attention to what I was capable of. Yeah. As opposed to looming around, and, you know, sitting in places alone, reflecting on, you know, fear, anger, loneliness, abandonment. And uh, I found when I got involved into the theater, the group, we were able to, you know, just keep our emotions at the door while we played and then came back and was in real life again. Right. It was an, it was an opportunity to kind of um, to kind of escape for a little while, to like get an hour yeah. off, right? Yeah. And for me, it was just, um, you know, bettering my voice, all these exercises. But it wasn't until I did the movie Smoke Signals where this movie was telling my story. Did you love him? What? Did you love him? Yes. He's like, like a father, I guess. A father. Yeah, you fool too then, ain't it? Good drinking, you know. Yeah. It was pretty tricky, wasn't it? So I wasn't even really acting in the movie because that was me growing up, longing for the death of my father to want to have something to say to him. The alcohol on, uh, back home the anger of what the hell's going on, even though there's lots of love, there's lots of trauma. And uh, I always feel fortunate. And it, it's not saying that it's a good thing. My parents passed away, but it enabled me. It enabled me to quickly exit out of there and start a new transition in, in, in the big city, well, Winnipeg. And after that, I, I felt a sense of, of redefining myself. Yeah. But it wasn't until I got into my older age, you know, when you start liking girls and knowing you're going to be a man and, and knowing that, man, a lot of trauma happened. And that's when you either, uh, you know, fall to the dark side or lucky for me at 16, I met some Anishinaabe traditional people in Winnipeg that kind of guided me and gave me a sense of identity. I'm Talia Schlanger sitting in for Tom Power. You're listening to Q. More of Tom's conversation with Adam Beach coming up. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. You said when smoke signals comes along, yeah, it's not so much about like a role where you're escaping and pretending. You are getting to tell a story that feels like yours. What do you remember about like reading that script? What do you re- what do you remember about finding out about that role? It must it must have been something mm-hmm. else. Well, reading it, they called me and said they're having a stage play reading for people in New York, 
would you like to do? And I said, yeah, I'll come to New York. Then when I read it, I didn't really think nothing of it. I was more like, hey, I'm in New York for the first time. <laughs> and um, when, I was, when I read it, they were like, Adam, we want to give you the part. And I was like, whoa, really awesome. Okay, I'll do it. And then when we started filming it, I couldn't help but notice myself just stepping away from everybody and having time to myself. And I could feel the, the something surrounding me. That's the best way I could describe it. And people would be like, you okay, Adam? And I'd be like, oh, no, I'm just getting in character. But those words, the pages, the, hearing the director kind of give me direction and what the, it just started creeping up on me. And uh, it was, uh, it was relieving and important because after that, I realized I have to be real and honest with myself and performance and what the audience see is when I threw the ashes of my dead father in smoke signals, I fell to the ground. I was crying so hard. director came up and said, Adam, that was amazing. I grabbed his jacket and I said, I miss my dad, my mom, I want them. And I just lost it. And my friend came and said, Adam, snap out of it. You got to do it again. I did it again. Same conclusion. And after that, I just got up and I walked. I said, I can't do anymore. And I left the set. But that was the true, the first time I ever spoke out to my father was in that movie and um, yeah it's very special to me do we forgive our fathers in our age or in theirs or in their deaths saying it to them or not saying it if we forgive our fathers what is left I mean, I was stuck on a couple of things there. One is that you had to do it again. Like you, you would think after mm -hmm. that first sort of moment, you have this sort of um, epiphany or, or breakdown or, or or some sort of experience where like something that you've been holding inside of you, mm -hmm. it's just so strange to be an actor. This thing that yeah. you, you've been holding inside of you for so long finally comes out and you're in tears and then you have to do it a, again and again and again. Yeah, the first one was a lot of anger. And then the second one was just this kind of apology to say, I won't carry you in, in a negative way. I kind of understand what's going on a little bit. Yeah. It, it must have been so meaningful to, to see how much that film resonated. Like, why, why do you think mm -hmm. that movie resonated with so many people? Like, actually, in particular, like, mm -hmm. why that movie resonated so much with indigenous audiences at that time? Mm -hmm. Well, I think we had a great, great writer. Um, it's the first film at the time that was uh, written, directed, produced, starred, produced. I said that twice. Um, all Native. And the reason why it did so well also is um, they took a chance on this independent. And uh, now that it's in the Library of Congress, everybody's going to be enjoying this movie. And it just represented who we are. Good morning, this is Randy Pune on K-Rez Radio. It's 7.35 a.m. Indian time, and time for the weather report. Lester here. One of the clouds up there looks like a horse. 
And the other one looks like, uh, you know that um, tavern we used to go to a log one? And that waitress there? Hola. Looks like her. <laughs> well, there you have it. My, my guest is Adam Beach. He's the star of the new film uh, Exile. Listen, I just I, I, I want to um, I just want to come back. I'm I'm really struck by the the story you just told me about. So mm-hmm. you, you you lose your I can't imagine this, Adam. You lose your mom uh, from a from a drunk driver, you know, in in front of the house, and now in this film Exile. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, speaking of film being a way to 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 deal with things in your past and being able to process things in your past, or or in this in this film Exile, you are playing a man who who killed a family in a in a drunk driving accident. Yeah, uh, basically, I told our director Jason James, he's amazing. I just told him I'm I'm going to play my dad. Um. Uh, uh, from what I remember of his emotion before he died. Really, how gullible are you? Look, let's be honest. Has it ever crossed your mind that I just don't want to be around you? That maybe I just don't want our city life together? Or have you been just walking around like you're a prize? You just could never imagine that I would never want to spend another day with you. And I'm going to do the the killing of this family and bring out the emotion I have for the loss of my mom. So I was in in the scene that you see. I'm trying. I'm 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 both of them in the scene. It's pretty. It's pretty. Tough to understand, but that's that's what you bring to your work. And uh, I trusted Jason in everything, and it was good. Did did when you were approached about the role, did they know your your story? I think Jason. I told him when I was working on uh, Monkey Beach with him, and uh, um, and I'd let him know too. And he was he was really helpful because he's like hey can we put your mom's photo in the car it's like oh my gosh yeah dude yeah let's try it out you know so that was my um respect back to my family for helping me so they can all see their sister their aunt yeah and my brothers to see that we still have our mom in our hearts and how we appreciate life as we move on what did um okay last, last question on this the the the, the yeah. story you told me about smoke signals is yeah still with me you know you 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 are you're getting rid of this ashes and you're you're starting to process your father's um death and your mother's death right there on the set and you have to do it over and over again and you and you learn so much about yourself and you do so much emotional processing on on camera on set in this case, I mean everything you just told me. I mean, it's, it seems it seems um, hard to believe. You're 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 playing your father after the the death of your mother. You're playing a drunk driver after your mother has, has been killed by a drunk mm-hmm. driver. What, what are you processing there on on set? Are you processing anything? Like, what does that do to you to to act this out? I don't I don't shy away from my experience to put into character for film. And 
I like to tell people that, you know, my trauma has been the best, um, I guess, experience in my life to help me overcome the tragedy by immersing it and using it in, in art and film. It's, it's just an odd, an odd way to look at things, but that's, I've been pretty blessed with the ability to do that. Is there something new you learn about yourself doing a role like this? Oh, um, yeah. A lot of things open up because, you know, throughout our life, we're all learning something from everybody right till we die kind of thing. And I know there's a lot of mental health issues across the world. And I needed to believe myself in every moment that I was consumed by grief, uh, horror. And, um, you know, it's, um, it's just a lot of trust in yourself kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a really powerful film. I mean, everything that you're talking to me about today, um, I really, I mean, I, again, I really appreciate you talking to me about all this. What's, oh, sure. Thing, what's, what's, what's bringing you, what's bringing you joy these days? What's, what's, what's bringing you? Uh, my kids, uh, um, my wife and I are launching our, um, I guess, production company and slate of films that we're going to be uh, venturing on our own. So I'm, I'm turning to directing and acting at the same time. She's writing the projects. And um, I'm hoping that people can see that the, 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 the frustrations I've had with the work that comes to me is it lacks um, originality in the sense of, of if I'm going to work being a Cheyenne, right? We need to we need to put that Cheyenne teachings, etc., to make it real. And a lot of people think, no, we don't just say these lines, yeah. you know. And it doesn't work that way for me. So a lot of times I'm saying no, uh, and I, I really care about what I do, and I'm hoping that. Now they can hear and and see my wife's perspective and mine in a film, and I hope they leave realizing that uh, that that they can take this and lead their life in a good way. Um, uh, Adam, uh, a great pleasure to finally get the chance to talk to you, man. It's been a, been a while, but a long time coming. Oh, definitely, dude. Well, you sound like you're leaving. I'm, you know, I'm. <laughs> it sounds like I'm leaving the show. You're right. That's not what I mean. I mean, it's just it's nice. It's nice to finally get a chance to talk to you. You know, we would be happy to talk before. I'm happy to do it. Congratulations yeah. on the film. Uh, thanks a lot, dude. Really, thank you. Okay, nobody's leaving. But Tom's not here today. That was his conversation with the actor Adam Beach, who stars in Exile. It's available on video on demand. And hey, if you want to do some more listening today, there's another new episode of the show in your podcast feed right now. It's Tom's conversation with Shay Coulee, drag queen, winner of RuPaul's Drag Race season five. Shay tells some of their origin story, and they actually didn't know what a drag queen was when they first saw RuPaul on TV. They were four years old. 
And uh, to hear them tell the story, it, it wasn't the fashion or the glamour that spoke to them. It was this sense of limitlessness and possibility. And uh, Shay has definitely run with that idea, won RuPaul's Drag Race uh, season five, and she was cast in an upcoming Marvel series. You can hear her story in her conversation with Tom Power in your podcast feed right now. I'm Talia Schlinger, sitting in for Tom Power. I'll see you next time. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.